Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Pastor Major Gilbert Senior, coming to you this morning at our Sunday School Hour. We're coming to you from On the Wall E Ministries here in Alta Vista, Virginia. We thank God for you first Sunday in May. Coming to you uh, uh, following our morning worship service, we ask you to prepare for a Holy Communion. So we thank God for that this morning, first Sunday in May, the day of Pentecost, coming out of Acts 2nd chapter, verses 1 through 8, 14 through 24, 37 through 39. Uh, out of our lesson this morning, hopefully uh, we would like to glean these points uh, to be able to uh, list the ways that the Holy Spirit was active during the day of Pentecost, then explain the day of Pentecost and was ideal for the birth of the church. Then what, write a prayer uh, for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to follow Jesus Christ more boldly in your own personal life. So a beautiful lesson this morning coming out of Acts 2nd chapter 1 through 8. 14 through 24, 37 through 39, the day of Pentecost. So let us read our text this morning. It reads, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound of heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire, and sat upon each of them, verse 4. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak, with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, verse 5, And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, and uh, uh, Jews, uh, devout men of every nation under the heaven. And when it was north abroad, that the multitude came together and was confounded, because every man heard them speak in their own language. Uh, verse 7, And they were all amazed and marveled, and saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galatians? Verse uh, eight, and I hear how hear every man in his own tongue wherein he was born. Verse fourteen, and Peter standing in the eleven uh, lifted up his voice and said, "Ye men of Judea, who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known that you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing but uh, on the third hour of the day. But these which have spoken of the prophet Joel." And it came to pass in the last days, said God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions and old men shall dream dreams. Verse 18. And my servants and my maid servants, I will pour out, my, uh, out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in earth beneath the blood, fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, and the great and noble day of the Lord shall come. Verse 21, And shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, verse 22, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Verse 23, him being delivered and determinate counsel of foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and the wicked hands have crucified and slain. Verse 24, which God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it is not possible that he should be holding of it. Verse 37 now, then when he heard this, he was pricked in his heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, then Peter said unto him, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of 
Jesus Christ for the mission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39, now final word. For the promise is unto you and to your children and all that is false, even as many as the Lord our God has called. Our key text this morning, Acts 2 and 39, the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are false, even as many of the Lord our God shall call. So again, we want to look at the Holy Spirit, how it was active on the day of Pentecost and why the day of Pentecost was ideal for the birth of the church. And then have a prayer of empowerment of the Holy Spirit to, uh, to have you to follow Christ more boldly in your own personal life. So let's get into our introduction this morning. Introduction of an own Holy Spirit today. It says, sitting on the one uh, boy's encounter with the unholy spirit was in the basement of a house owned by friends and parents. Those uh, present were only about preteen and a youth and younger brother. The context was the combination of this youthful curiosity, boredom, and Ouija board discovered uh, on a uh, shelf. And then setting up the board, the two boys wasted no time uh, in it and the, in, in the inane and predictable questions. And the boys surprised that the board uh, soon began responding as the triangular pointer uh, had ever so lightly placed his finger between self-propelled. Each boy uh, accused the other of moving it, but both instinctively knew that neither of them was moving the corner. Wondering uh, how to prove and disprove this suspicion, the older boy quickly came up with an idea. The two of them would pose a question that neither of them knew an answer, but which uh, their mother, uh, who was upstairs, did. The question agreed was, how old was grandmother? The board's response was 65 was quickly confirmed and correct. After the board raced upstairs to their mother's answer, she wisely refused to uh, the board's subsequent request to have a Ouija board. Similar means, long, uh, how long has it been used to contact the spirit world? Uh, encounters with this sort are not to be uh, sought, but should be uh, disturbing in any case. But should encounters with the Holy Spirit be any less alarming in their own holy way. So as we look at our background this morning, uh, the descent of the Holy Spirit like a dove in Jesus in baptism suggested the picture of peace and, uh, and acceptance. But the work of the Holy Spirit was not always in a pleasant experience for those that it affected. Jesus was baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Images of the fire in the Bible are associated with destruction of God's enemies. Uh, but here is testing of purification of God's people. This picture speaks of the power to do both, and especially in the fan energy that is in our text in Luke uh, 3 and 17. It says that the whose fan, whose hand, through the earth to form, to gather the wheat in the garner, but the shaft shall he burn with fire unquenchable. So here let's talk about the Holy Spirit. But then in the Jewish calendar, the most uh, important observance of the Israel's calendar was Passover. It was the time when the deliverance of Egypt uh, from slavery, when God had called those to pass over to the other side, that the death angel will pass over them if they would uh, put blood of the uh, of the uh, sacrifice over the doorpost and the lintel. Uh, within a few weeks of leaving Egypt, the people arrived at Mount Sinai, and there was entered into a covenant with God, and, and agreeing that the people of God will 
will promise them that they will be their God and he will be, uh, they will be his people. Mm -hmm. For centuries thereof, the Old Testament covenant people celebrated the deliverance of the Passover and then followed a 50 days later celebrating giving them the law, the Pentecost. Uh, occurred seven weeks after the Passover Sabbath plus one day. 49 days plus one, which equals 50. It was one of the three great pilgrimage uh, festivals that Israel celebrated. The celebration is called the Feast of the Harvest or Feast of the Weeks and the Day of the First Fruits. The Jews in the time of Jesus were uh, uh, had a marvelous temple in Jerusalem, and the city's economy centered on that structure as the uh, periodic influx of visitors coming in uh, brought in money, and they might say that Jerusalem of the time had a tourist economy. And the height of the tourist economy at the time was the period from Passover to Pentecost. Many visitors would come for the entire 50-day period between those two observances. So let us get into our text today as we talk about the Spirit comes. The Spirit comes coming out of Acts uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. In the day and place. Verse 1 says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Again, the day of Pentecost is that full day of Passover to Pentecost during that season. Uh, most would be visiting Jerusalem to attend those observances at that time. It says that they were all in one accord in one place. They were all together in one place, but one accord means they were all in one mind and one uh, mindset. Uh, being able to gather together in one place not a long time soon enough, persecution would cause Jesus' followers to be scattered. So uh, they were in that one place, but eventually they were had to be scattered. But that's how God, in his own way, caused the church to flourish. He called it the disparo or the dispersal. They dispersed after a Pentecost because of the persecution that came, but because of that, God grew the church, and those who were visiting uh, Jerusalem at that time of Pentecost, uh, once they got uh, uh, the, the the word through the Holy Spirit, uh, through the uh, disciples speaking, they heard it in their own language, and then they did what? They went back to their own countries, and they took the gospel with them. Uh, verse 2 said, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house. Where they were sitting. Mm -hmm. uh, so we got to understand this. Uh, to, uh, it's important to remember this time at this point. Uh, to Not to solely on what the, we assumed it took place there. But the miracle of those that follow carefully documented by Luke. Based on those eyewitnesses. First comes this unusual auditory uh, phenomenon. God used sound. The sound of a mighty Russian wind came to uh, show that the. Holy Spirit had the authority and the power that God uh, gave it. So it had that power. Verse 3 said, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire, and that sat upon each one of them. Those second phenomena was not, was not uh, a sound, but it was visual. You went from auditory sound to a visual sound, and it was fire. So uh, it interpreted as a river of fire coming out of the sky. And the word translated cloven means it was divided. Uh, and, and that, in a sense, that we should carefully note the phrase like unto indicates a figurative comparison. The Greek word being translated indicates elsewhere. 
the phenomena did not uh, sit upon them, uh, but it, it, it sat upon them like a, a, a sound or likened unto something, likened unto fire. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't fire, but it wasn't a, a Russian wind, but it was likened unto a Russian wind mm -hmm. and likened unto fire. The wind not moving air, the flames did not burn, but it was supernatural from God. They remember when Moses went up into the mountain, he saw the burning bush that did not be consumed. So that fire was moving and, and it did not burn out. It was complete. That's what the Holy Spirit does to you. When it come into your life and you receive their spirit in you, it just don't go out. The Spirit ain't with you one day and leave you the next day. The Holy Spirit said baptism of the Spirit means that it, it is baptized in you and you become guided by the Spirit. You he, That's why he said you need to be what guided by the Spirit, directed by the Spirit in everything you do. He says here in verse 4, when we're all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It says the sight and the sound followed this act of empowerment of the Holy Spirit come upon them. When they heard the rushing mighty wind, then they heard the, saw the fire come down upon them. Now they began to speak in other languages, in other tongues. It didn't say uh, uh, with the Holy Tongue, but it says with other tongues. Mm -hmm. uh, that means that those are languages of all of the people that were coming to pilgrimage in Jerusalem at that time. See, God has a way of giving you what is needed. Uh, giving you something that you can't understand is not uh, fruitful, is it? But God is about edifying. He gives you what is needed and makes sure that what you hear is understood. Mm -hmm. He said that how can, you remember the, uh, when Philip uh, met the, Ethiop uh, met the uh, uh, Ethiopian on the road there, he says that, uh, do you understand what you're reading? Mm -hmm. He said, how can I understand unless somebody Explain it to me and open up the scriptures to you. So but what God does, the Holy Spirit gives you, but the Holy Spirit becomes what Philip was. Philip was the interpreter. Philip was the one who opened up the scriptures. But when you read the Bible for yourself, the Holy Spirit comes in to be that interpreter, one that opens up the scripture so that you can know what is being said. So right. the Holy Spirit spoke in languages that people understood. God won't understand it. He wants clarity. He wants yeah. us to have a clear mindset, not to be uh, confused about what was going on. Mm -hmm. Verse 5 and 6, he said, There were dwelling in Jerusalem the devout men of every nation under heaven. And now when it was noised abroad that the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own tongue. Wow. He said that they were there confused about it. He said, aren't they Galatians? We're going to, that's in our next verse. They knew they were not from their area, their country, mm -hmm. but they understood what they were saying. Yep. Never before had they been in a place where they heard people speaking in a language that they could understand, knowing that they were not from their area. Amen. That's what God does. He said they were confounded because we've never heard this before. Mm -hmm. See, and then verse 7 and 8 said, and they were all amazed and they marveled and saying one to another, Behold, not all these that speak are Galatians, and they hear every man in his own language, wherein we were born. God did that miraculous uh, translation of the word of God where every individual could hear it in his own language so that he could go back and, and, and speak the gospel in his own language. Amen. When you hear it in your own language, then you can go and tell it in Amen. your own language. Amen. 
I didn't have to worry about an interpreter telling me what he thought was being said. Yeah. See, when you hear it for yourself, you don't need an interpreter, nope. do you? Mm -hmm. that, that's what we really need. God wants us to hear the word for ourselves. Self. So that we, he said that we heard the word of God in every man's own tongue wherein he was born. Mm -hmm. God has a way of getting the word to you no matter how far you go. No matter how far you run, God is able. Ain't it? Yes, he First, is. Uh, part two of our study is the apostle preachings. The apostle preaches. See, even in the midst of miracles, there are always unbelievers and doubters. And, and likewise, some at the time were experiencing the particular miracle. They doubted what was being said and what was being said. Because they, they said uh, they must be drunk. Mm -hmm. So they didn't believe what they were hearing. So even suggested that those were speaking, he said, that might have been drunk. Mm -hmm. So let's look at the confrontation in verses 14 and 15. He says, but Peter, standing up in the eleven, he lifted up his voice and said unto me, ye men of Galilee, all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you, hearken unto my words, for those are not drunken, but as ye suppose, seeing it, but the third hour of the day. So Peter was saying, now these can't be drunk. Because it ain't the right hour. You know, nighttime is the what? Right time. Nighttime is the right time. So it wasn't the right time to be drunk. So he said, this is just <coughs> 9 o'clock in the morning. So it's just 9 o'clock in the morning. So you cannot accuse these people for being drunk. Yeah. See, you had to be drunk all night to be drunk at 9. So Somebody. you can't start early in the morning and get drunk by 9. So he said, <laughs> you had to be drunk all night. But these men are not drunk. It's too early. Too early. Then verse 16 said, but this is which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. See, moving it immediately, the phenomenon was not about what it was. Peter pointed that the prophet Joel, uh, but estimates Joel's prophecy was the 18th century B.C. Exact uh, dates are not known, but it predicted how long it was coming to pass. But it came to pass as Joel had predicted. Verse 17 said, and it shall come to pass in the last days. That's Joel's uh, uh, prophecy that God said that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. He said, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions and old men shall dream dreams. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, the prophecy said it's going to come to pass. Now, you got to understand uh, the cultural uh, uh, lifestyle that was in that area. Uh, women didn't do a certain thing. Uh, Maid servants didn't do but certain things. Uh, servants didn't do but certain things. Uh, a certain, you couldn't even be a priest unless you were born of a family. Aaron's family, uh, the lineage of priestly came down through Aaron's family. So there were certain things that you were not expected to do because you weren't born with the lineage to do that. But then he said that the prophecy of Joel says, you don't have to be born in the family or earn in the milk. You know, you don't have to be born with a certain lineage in the milk. He said that I'm going to pour out my spirit on what? All flesh. He said that now the spirit of God went to certain individuals. Now he said, I'm going to make my spirit now pour out on not the select, but on all flesh. He said, and your sons. So, we expected the sons because they were of the lineage, ain't mm -hmm. They were male. But now he says, not only your sons, but your daughters shall prophesy. Yes, and, and young men shall see. 
See, what, what confused me about this, if you go to Esther and, and Ruth, and you got to realize there were leadership women in the Bible. Mm -hmm. There were women that, when, when, when they went into the uh, college at, uh, in Jerusalem, and, and the prophet went and see, I cannot ask until I talk to Huldah. Because Huldah was a teacher in the institute there in Jerusalem, in the college. So she was a woman. Mm -hmm. So she was a woman teaching in the institute. You remember they said that man can't usurp authority over. Mm -hmm. That's how they interpreted the New yeah. Testament. Man don't supposed to, a woman don't supposed to be teaching a man. And a, a woman don't supposed to usurp authority over a man. So all of that. But you got to realize, in, in the presence of God, no male, no female, no Greek, no Jew, no bond, no free. God takes down the, the gender and strips us in the yeah. other spirit. And the Holy Spirit is no male, hey. no female. It has no gender. It Come has on. no, it has no uh, 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 racial uh, uh, connotations. When you come before God, it is spirit before spirit. Amen. He said, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall have visions and mm. old men shall dream dreams. And then verses 18 said, and my servants and my maids. Now you got a, 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 a category of people that had no authority. Come on. Maids had no authority. Mm -mm. Uh, maid servants had mm -mm. no authority. Mm -mm. But, uh, and daughters had, didn't have much in the house. They had to be with the father or had taken the inheritance from the father. If your uh, husband died, they say you go back to your father's house. You still had somebody that you had to sit up under. Yep. But he said, now your daughters and your maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days uh, upon thee, and they shall prophesy. So it doesn't come out of uh, out of the selection of men or selection of lineage of a political family. God chooses whom he wants to choose. Second, he said, validation of Peter's claim in the return of the prophecy of very methods by prophecies come by Jews had not experienced prophecy for generations. Joel's prophecy poured out his spirit invoking the image of a deluge that cannot be contained. He said a deluge means a flood. God will pour out his spirit as a flood upon what? All flesh. You know, instead of being selective, verse 19 says, I will show wonders of heaven above and signs from earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of our Lord shall come. Amen. Now we're talking about the, the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He said, before he comes, you're going to see great wonders. From heaven above, sign of blood, fire, and vapor, and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, moon into blood. All of that's going to happen. You go to Matthew 24. talks about uh, the last days. As he said there will be wars and rumors of wars. And uh, it's going to be uh, uh, people going to come in and arrest you and turn you over to the magistrates of the church. See, we hear people being arrested there in Africa for preaching the gospel. Maybe in, in, in Afghanistan. But we're talking about, I was talking to a preacher uh, just this week. We're talking about people down the street you know. You know, it might be First Baptist in Alpha Vista on Bedford Avenue. It might be First Baptist on, on the hill. It may be uh, uh, one of the churches anywhere. Anybody who is preaching the gospel, and at that time in that last day, they said you might be brought up before in your church. You're going to hear people being persecuted in Alpha Vista. We ain't talking about Africa. Those last days, so the, the, the signs and the wonders of, of the end times are here, except for what the church is supposed to do. Come on. 
The signs and wonders of the earth are here. The signs and wonders of the Antichrist is here. Not the Antichrist, but the Antichrist. The small, those who come in and lay the groundwork for the Antichrist to come. come on, he come said, on. there are Antichrists already here today. Mm -hmm. Those are servants of, of, of the Antichrist are here today spreading his yep. his, his, his gospel. Yes, but the is. thing is, he said that, that the time will not come until uh, uh, the gospel is being preached to what? Every nation. So God empowers us through the power of the Holy Spirit on all races, creeds, and colors, male, female, bond or free, he empowers us with the Holy Spirit to carry out the Great Commission. Amen. To carry out the Great Commission. Uh -huh. We can't do it all on our own, men. We need what? Men, women, boys, and girls to yes. be able to carry out the gospel. Yes. But God has empowered them with the Holy Spirit, things that they were not allowed to do in the Old Covenant, mm -hmm. but under the New Covenant, they have the power and the authority through the baptism of the Holy Spirit to do those things. Amen. He said that verse 21, it shall come to pass that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm -hmm. See, Peter ended the quotation of this ancient prophet with a shortened version of what Peter went on to give a fuller form in Acts 2 and 38 and 39, but he said that everyone that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm -hmm. God calls whomever he wants. Mm -hmm. right, let's look at accreditation, verse 22. He said, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did to him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Mm -hmm. He says everyone present surely was aware of what they did to Jesus. Yes. And, and this miracle uh, that, 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 that is happening today is the fulfillment of what Jesus had planned on doing when he sent his disciples out in the world. Amen. Miracles and wonders were done at that time so that they could truly believe. You remember he mm -hmm. said that 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 uh, uh, miracles are not for the believer. It's for the unbeliever. So those were done so that the unbelievers could mm -hmm. get and know the power and authority of God and what he could do. Verse 23, him being delivered unto terminate counsel and foreknowledge of God, he were taken in the weakened hands of them. They crucified and slayed him. He said that you did. Mm -hmm. huh? You did. Yep. Then delivered to the determinate counsel of what Jews and and, and, and and foreknowledge of God you have taken and, and the weakened hands have crucified and slain him who God raised up and have loosed the pains of death because it was not possible for him that should be holding. He said, grave could not hold him, huh? Grave couldn't hold him. Mm -hmm. The ground couldn't keep him, but yeah. God is able to resurrect him. God's plan did not uh, terminate with Jesus' death. Since God had raised him up again, surely many in the crowd had heard rumors about this appearance of the risen Christ. So he's giving them evidence of what uh, they did, but what God did. See, what they did, we thought it as evil. Remember Joseph? But what God did, we counted it as good, ain't it? Yes. What, they yes. did it evil, but what it did, when it opened up the avenue for you and I to have salvation. Oh, it looked bad then, ain't it? Mm -hmm. But in death comes victory, ain't it? Mm -hmm. He said that every plant has to die to go into the ground to be able to be raised up again. So God gave us an opportunity 
to be able to be resurrected from this because of what Jesus did on Calvary. So let's look at the crowd react uh, in remarks to extend from Romans um, and from Acts 2 and 23 and 35. Peter offered further proof that God had made the same Jesus whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. And they drew notable reaction. Amen. Let's look at the realization and the question. Now, when Peter heard this, or when they had heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said, Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what are we going to do then? Yeah, yeah, we killed him, and we understand it. It was all wrong, but what are we going to do? Yes. Huh? How do you fix what we messed up? <laughs> huh? We perceived the crowd had to believe in Peter to accept this, those events, and it terrified them. What are we going to do? How are we going to deal with what has happened to us? You know, so Peter is giving them the answer in verses 38. And Peter said to repent. Repent. Huh? You did wrong, so repent. Repent. Fess up and repent. And then you'll be able to turn this, this thing away from you that, that God, right now, God got it on you. He's going to put you, see, he says you're going to reap what you sow. Yep. So they sowed it, so the harvest is there for them to reap on yep. them. But he says that if you repent now, God will take away that, 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 that 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 uh, uh, punishment or, or that condemnation because of their sin, he'll take it away from them. Mm -hmm. He says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus. Right. And then we, we, we get caught up into this uh, uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they said that you have to be baptized in Jesus' name rather than being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you cannot separate God. No. Nope. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's in the name of Jesus. If you say in the name of Jesus, that means in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So one means the other, and the other means the same. Mm -hmm. So you cannot divide him. Nope. Don't get caught up in to he was telling them that you need to be baptized in Jesus' name because they rejected Jesus. Come on, preacher. So they said, so it don't need me telling you. That you need to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit when you rejected the Son. Son come so on, he's telling come you, on. you got to accept the Son part come on. of the Father, the Son, Son and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. You yes. need to accept the Jesus part of it. Yes. In order for you to be saved, you need to repent and, and accept the one you rejected. So he yes. wasn't disqualifying the Great Commission to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He was saying, you need to to, to accept the one you rejected. Come on, preacher. You rejected one part of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. You need to accept that in order for it to be saved. Amen. He was talking to Jews. He wasn't talking to Greeks and Romans. Mm -mm. But he was talking to Jews. He was telling them, you need to do this. You yeah. rejected them. You persecuted them. You sacrificed them. You killed them. But now you need to accept him in order for it to be saved. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I need to go back and fix that which was broken. You remember yes. that song, honey? Yes. I yes. got to fix what was broken. broken. What was broken was that my rejection of Jesus. So in order for me to be saved, I got to repent and then fix that which was broken, my yes. rejection. Yes. And then he says in uh, verse 38 goes a long way. He says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus. For your remission of your sin, and ye shall receive the, the gift. gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. He said, Christians have the power to put off the works of the flesh and to bear the fruit of the Spirit. It ain't about miracles. 
<laughs> the fruit of the Spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost, is to help you. Yep. See, we think the gift of the Holy Spirit is all about speaking to somebody else. The <laughs> gift of the Holy Spirit is to help you. Mm -hmm. He says, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the power to be able to deal with your own flesh. Come and on. the power to produce fruits in your own life. Yes, That's what yes, the Holy Spirit yes. does. Peter's sermon thus foreshadows the church's submission to the leading of the Spirit. Amen. Then, verse 39. Who and where? For the promise is what? Unto you and to your children and all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. See, he called whom yeah. he pleases. Uh, how are you going to tell God that he didn't call this and he didn't call that? When the only one that you sure of that he called, and a lot of us ain't sure, is you. He can call you. You can only validate that. You can't validate my calling. You can't validate my wife's calling. You can't validate anybody's calling. The only calling that you can validate is yours. So leave other people's calling alone. God calls. He said, God shall call. He just told you, men, women, boys, and girls. He, he said that I'm going to lay out my spirit on what? Uh, sons and daughters and maid servants and, and servants and, and all that handmaid. He's going to lay out his spirit on everybody. So he said, as many as the Lord shall call out of that group. So you got to read the, in context. You got to read the paragraph. He's telling you the group. Then he's telling you that I'm the one that's doing the calling. I call anyone out of that group. Mm -hmm. you, it's not your responsibility to reject anybody else's calling. Mm -hmm. God didn't put that authority on any human being. Mm -hmm. God calls, God's validate, God sins, and God does the work. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit through God is, does the fixing. Yeah. So that you and I can go out. Amen. That last word. <laughs> he said, and the promise is unto you. Mm -hmm. And to your children. Yeah. It didn't say to your boys. Come on, Prince. It didn't say to your men. Come on now. Come on. It didn't say to your sons and or your daughters. Yep. He said that what? To your children, to all mm -hmm. that even are what? A fall. Ain't born yet. Ain't born yet. <laughs> As many as the Lord our God shall call. See, God got a great work for us to do that is bigger than you and I. Amen. We are not big enough to do the work. We are not uh, smart enough to do the work. But God has that authority to call yeah. whomever he pleases. Yeah. And he will fit you into a ministry that is only suitable for you. See, that's what he says that God got a blessing. Just for me. With your name on it. Yep. God has a calling out there with your name, name on, it on it that only fits you and you are fit for it. God calls you to fit a ministry, but God also prepares a ministry to what? To fit you. So Acts 2, and I'll close in today, the Holy Spirit today, Act 2 represents or presents something fundamental. The Holy Spirit has come. He has come with power, the long-awaited 
period is over. We are in the last days, the era of the Holy Spirit empowered ministry. There is a power in the gospel. When the message is preached faithfully, God's spirit is active in the reception of it. Amen. This is true whether you're preaching from the pulpit or sharing the word with a friend yes. or a neighbor. Whenever the gospel is communicated, God's spirit is working with us to convict the hearer of his truth and bring that person to faith in Christ. How do you live out this reality? It's to go by doing every day what you do. Hey, hey, just meet people and be you. Be real. And just accept people as they are. If you can impart anything into them, fine. And if you can't, keep it to yourself. It's better for that individual not to hear your negativity rather than to hear your yeah, negativity preacher. and then don't think that they have an opportunity to be saved. Pour some positive spirit, some positive words, some hope into somebody's life so that they can believe that if God saved you, he can save me, can save me too. That's what we need to tell. Yeah. Tell everybody that they are worth everything. They're worth everything. God sent his darling son, Jesus, his only begotten son, to die on the cross for an old, filthy man like me. Mm -hmm. So if he could do it for me, he'll do it for you, won't he? Mm -hmm. He died for you and I. Mm -hmm. So our prayer today is may God never doubt. May we never doubt the power of the Holy Spirit to change everything according to his will. And may your spirit, God, work powerfully in our lives is Jesus promised to be able to help us to be a light unto the world so that we can lead others to Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. amen. So I thought to remember this morning, live the reality of the era of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is here today not for us to have a celebration or to have a powerful worship. The Holy Spirit is here today for to put the word of God, the gospel in us, so that we can be witnesses under him into Judea, into Samaria, into the uttermost parts of the world, our Jerusalem, our Judea, our community, our Samaria, our enemies, in the uttermost parts of the world, we can go and to tell others about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We have every opportunity Mm -hmm. to, to experience and to show the reality of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. working in our lives. Because you know what? We are the reality of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We are the reality of what the Holy Spirit can do. Because if you can turn me around, the Holy Spirit can turn you around too. God bless you today. May heaven never smile upon you. We thank God for you joining us at our Sunday school hour. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to prepare now for our worship hour. We're going to have a, uh, hopefully, a worship song. Mm -hmm. My wife is coming forward. Grab my towel, honey.